weird because I'm trying to get myself in that habit of getting up at five every morning and I guess by the rules of the people who know smart things as far as how to take care of your body I think you're supposed to try to get up the same time every day well I failed but it's my first day of vacation and I stayed up past my bedtime so it's all good I tell you guys things like this because I don't know if you figure this out or not is so when you do something and you take a little me time, you know that it's absolutely acceptable and that someone else out there is also taking me time and not apologizing for it. I deserve it. I I deserve my sleep and I need my sleep. All right. Anyway, I like today's reading a whole bunch. And after we go through it, I want to I want to tell you what I did last night to keep me up past my bedtime because it was pretty freaking spectacular. Okay, April 25th. Take It Easy, But Not Too Easy by Bob B. See, so I guess that's the difference between me sleeping until 7.30 and midnight or noon or whatever. Anyway, in the early days of recovery, we're so grateful to be alive that we'll do anything, sacrifice anything to change. Then, bit by bit, we may be tempted to slip back into our old ways. Sometimes we make excuses to skip a meeting or we lose contact with our sponsor. We need daily reminders of how dangerous this kind of thinking could be. Here I am, everybody. I'm your daily reminder. What will we sacrifice in exchange for our recovery? Is recovery worth giving up a social event, overtime at work, a movie, a play, the ballet, a concert, spring cleaning? Although recreation is important, we often wonder what excuses we have used to avoid the daily work of recovery. Without our program of recovery, we had none of those things to sacrifice. None of the things I listed. When we began recovery, we may have had no home, no friends, no family, no job. Now we have a life again. Are you hearing that, people who are trying to make me feel guilty? You can go from having no home and no life and no friends to actually living a life of recovery. Not by people giving it to you, though. I totally digressed. Sorry, folks. Now we have choices. Now we have support from people who accept us as we are and who know the struggles we are facing. Now we have a higher power who will love and support us in the worst trouble. Now this moment, we can choose life over death simply by making a call and sharing our gratitude for a new life or by asking for the help we need. This is all the power we need today. Today, let me remember all that is good in my life and work to keep at it. Keep it. Work. Work is in that sentence. Yeah, I know. I can't get past this since Thursday. Um, I'm working on it, but I, I will say when... When my brother's in his right mind, he will listen to podcasts and give me feedback on them. So if he's listening, I want him to hear. I actually am legitimately speaking to him right now. Like he needs to do the work and he needs to understand there's another side of 
of this if you just do the right thing. So the other part of the reading that I've been, I think I've been not doing a good job. <laughs> As I told you, here I am, you know, trying to work on on all kinds of positive stuff, you know, whether it's through the CDs I'm reading or the classes I'm taking online or talking to you or riding my bike, whatever. I keep working, working, working. And the reading makes a very good point about all the stuff that I'm working on doesn't matter if I'm gambling, essentially. It just doesn't matter. So I will be completely honest. I... There's a lot of things that I want to do for fun and things that I want to get done. Like I had to even write, break down like the days of the week, different instructors were teaching Zumba so I could try to make appearances in all their classes because I, in my mind, now this is crazy too, and I didn't even expect to go down this road, but in my mind, I'm thinking that these instructors, my friends, people I care about are thinking that, well... How could Bobby not show up when, you know, we're in quarantine? Everybody should be able to show up in class. So first of all, I'm not that important. They're not thinking that at all. <laughs> you know, they may, you know, they may miss me if they're used to seeing me in their class, but they're not, they're not judging me. They're not thinking about that. That's one of those voices in my head. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. I know they appreciate when I'm there. I'm just saying that it's not like they're like, oh, my class wasn't a success because Bobby didn't bother to show up. Um, so it's it's just a, I just want to point out that, you know, my thinking, it's just crazy thinking. I I think this thinking reminds me of when I talk about being transparent about our addictions instead of hiding and being anonymous that when we talk to people and tell them we're not as really as important as we think we're going to be. We think we're going to be judged. We think that people might, you know, not be friends with us anymore or just form a different opinion. And as I spoke about in, in my transparency episode and, and I, you know, I, I guess I'll probably repeat this over and over again too because I believe it is people we're just not important enough like people don't people got their own stuff on their brain they're not thinking about our actions or or behaviors or addictions or anything on that kind of level as a general rule and I'm not saying people don't think about each other but I think you know my point the voices in her head some that I'm trying to fight as I ramp up on a couple of the projects I'm doing I have my own voices that uh, are trying to keep me down in a couple ways that I have to keep talking myself out of. And all and combating the voices and my crankiness this week um, that I shared with you, which I, you know, some parts of me, and I guess this comes from working in corporate America, right, that you try to do what's politically correct. And showing you my ugly sides or my heart may not be politically correct, especially like in an office building, but I have to remind myself too, it's okay to do it here. It's my prerogative, just like it's your prerogative if you're not interested in the fact that I'm human like you and, and I have bad days too, then you don't have to listen. That could be your prerogative. Anyway, back to 
I'm crap, you know, I'm crabbier this week than normal. Here's a correlation I want to draw. And this is the same thing that I saw in the reading. I haven't been to group in over a week, at least. The days are blending together. But I haven't been with my group. I haven't been with my people. Now, granted, I've been hanging out with one of the people in group often. And, you know, I've spoken on the phone and text and communicated. But it's nothing like as immersed as I normally am. And then here I am, crankier than I normally am. This this didn't just happen with group. This happens, you know, if it's if it's GA or maybe if we're not sleeping as much as we want, if we're not doing our recovery things, if I don't read a reading every day, if I don't say the serenity prayer, if I don't hop on the social media where I have all those connections, if I don't do that work every day, I'm not working my recovery, in my opinion. And where I've gotten waylaid is with all this learning that I've been doing, one of the things that I actually learned yesterday in the learnings, the the man was explaining how you could accomplish your goals if you put, you know, like you, so say you have five goals. Say I want to um, lose weight, quit smoking, quit coffee, um, run a marathon, and get my website done. Okay, so let's say there's all those things. If I'm trying to divide the energy amongst them all, they may all come to fruition, but it's not going to go as well as if I had one major focus. And I've been believing that and doing that, you know, by by working on all this schoolwork and stuff. And I've always in my head felt like I did a pretty good job of prioritizing my time. So, okay, I'm doing my schoolwork now and my my classes and and all the other things that I'm working on because I know for me when the sun comes out and the weather's good and the golf courses are open I'm going to want to be outside that's going to be want that's what's going to be my priority then I just I just know myself well enough to know that I'm going to want to play so it's a whole lot easier to sacrifice shitty weather to focus on my one big thing and I felt good when I when I when I was listening to him talk about this having a main focus to really work on. So I've been doing that. I've been I've been working so hard on so many aspects of No Kidding. And what what I realized is and I think I talked about resetting was I haven't been to group. I haven't been with my peeps. I haven't been working that part of my recovery. So I haven't been feeling like the person I feel when I'm connected and and focused on my recovery. Now, granted, I had, you know, bullshit stuff come up this week, and I'm not saying that I'm not entitled to my feelings. I need to feel my feelings. So it's okay, but was should I have been, you know, writing emails? I think I told you that there was some really not nice, not Bobby kind of emails and words coming out of my mouth. And it becomes so much easier. Wow, my brain is just going 100 miles a minute. Because as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking of like chicken and egg. If we work our recovery and do the things that make us the person we want to be, when we're the person we want to be, we don't act like a jerk. I'm guessing most people don't want to act like jerks. 
and then we don't have to work on doing step 10 stuff so much, right? Because we don't have to apologize all the time for things, you know, mistakes and stuff. Now, mistakes are still going to happen. But the way my brain just worked, and I'm sorry if I, like, am not making sense. In my head, it just made a ton of sense. If we're not working our recovery and not taking care of ourselves and we do become these jerks and mean people and don't treat each other with love and kindness, then it's, you know, as we're stepping away from like meetings and groups. So for example, if I'm in a funk and and we've talked about this before, the days that you don't want to go to group are the best days to go to group because you usually leave feeling better. And by group, I mean, you know, 12 step, call your sponsor, whatever. The days you don't feel like doing those actions are the days you really need them. And as I just played that out in my head, if I don't get my ass back in group or get on the phone with some of these GA meetings or kind of maybe spend a half an hour in the the gambling recovery rooms, I, I have to do that stuff. My bitchiness can keep spiraling, right? And then it spirals and it spirals. And who knows? Every day I'm not, I'm stepping away from my recovery and my work there. I'm stepping closer to a bet. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost as black and white as that because all the emotions, because it would, it would be, I would be bitchy and feel bad about the words I'm saying. And then feeling bad makes you feel bad. And then you feel guilty. And then, you know, the voices prepare you for an apology. But then you're like, well, I shouldn't be apologizing. Like I've made this mistake before. I mean, you should be apologizing, but I shouldn't have positioned myself to be apologizing to the same person for the same stupid action that I've done. It's it's crazy. So I guess, I guess we're supposed to work on a recovery every day or work on being a good person. And sometimes, although I loved what this what this reader said about, you know, your dreams coming true and the actions happening when you focus on one thing primarily and you think about it all the time, which is the mode that I'm in. I agree with that to get those goals accomplished, but I also, as a person in recovery that wants to stay in recovery and wants to stay healthy and stay on this path of life, I got to make my recovery work a priority. I just have to. There's no there's no question. Because the point was of the reading, if you don't do your recovery, nothing else matters. Because if you're back betting, you don't have a life anyway. So, okay, I think I could have went on about that for quite a while. But I want to tell you about last night. Because last night was so freaking cool. And it, I have to share it with you. So, Someone that has been helping me with um, some of the no kidding stuff. I need fresh eyes, right? I can't, I can't do everything by myself from a time perspective. So to make that decision, anyway, there's someone that has been helping me, and you guys are gonna actually you're gonna meet her soon, so that's even more exciting. But she's been helping me, and she's out in Colorado, and our history is this. Our mothers used to work together, and her mother is 10 years younger than my mother, and I'm 10 years younger than her, essentially, rough math. 
of, of her mother. So her mom was kind of like right in the middle. So it worked out good that when I was about 15, I was babysitting Ash whenever, you know, her mom went out or I think I even stayed there for a while. Um, it just, it worked out good. Mom was friends with her. I was friends with her. And they moved away to Colorado. And I get to see them when I go out there. You know, I try to see them as much as possible. I actually think I've done a pretty good job. They've been gone. It's probably close to, it's probably close to, I don't even know. It's been a really long time. Well, it's over 20 years because we used to visit. We stopped by when Dave and I were in the truck. So anyway, so I've met, you know, I know Ashley and I know her mom. And then I know a really good friend of theirs. So I know three people. Well, after Ashley and I got done working last night, she invites me to play this game. And I'm like, okay. And, oh, a couple things happened. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go full-blown today. Um, so she goes, well, we're going to, she, we had to set up our appointment early because she had something going on at six o'clock and I was like, okay. And she didn't really tell me what it was. And she knows that I've been working on not drinking. So I'm thinking, oh, they're having like a Friday night happy hour or whatever. Well, that wasn't the case. And, and I love this and I love her for being so, um, mindful and transparent yesterday their thing at six o'clock, what they do is they get on as a group in Zoom, her mom and, and this friend that I've met before, and about a half a dozen other people, and they do activities, and they're doing activities maybe on their phone, but also on Zoom together, and she goes, well, I didn't really want to tell you, but we're going to play bingo at six o'clock, and so so Ash and I've only been working together a few weeks and she's you know she's familiar with addiction but I don't I don't know that she's ever really thought about gambling addiction the way that I'm asking her to now and we we end up playing this amazing game so the biggest well there's so many points it's so exciting so I had an amazing time is the first thing that came out of this adventure. Like I said, I met one lady 20 years ago. I know two people pretty intimately and the rest are strangers. And we just had a fantastic time. And I I don't know them. They didn't know me, but we laughed. We played this game. It was, you know, it was a kind of a game that had a, a comedic background to it. So it made sense. Um, it's called evil something. And if you're sensitive about really graphic and obnoxious things. It's really similar to Cards Against Humanity, but kind of an online version. And if you're if you're not a fan of Cards Against Humanity, you wouldn't like it. But you you probably could find an interactive game. So the Zoom just kind of makes you feel like you're there. So I dubbed last night, you know, my first night of vacation and I was spending it in Colorado with my peeps and with peeps I didn't know. So it was really it was really great. So the other part that I thought was very interesting with what Ash had to say was because it's a free game or, you know, we were playing the free version, there's, of course, advertisements. So this is a card game, essentially, because of the way it's set up, but, you know, not related like cards with aces and all that. But these commercials that would come up about every, I don't know, three or four questions. 
the casino, video games, slots, a poker table. And and I'm I'm watching and you know and I'm clicking I'm I'm clicking off of them. And it's just, you know, another reminder that it's everywhere. And it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's doing any harm when it's just a commercial. You just think, oh, they're just trying to get me to play a new game. That's what advertisers do. They promote their products. And it's it's crazy. And Ashley texted me afterwards and she goes, I cannot believe the way they target the gamblers. And I'm not out here to try to call everybody an addict or take away the good fun, you know, because there is responsible gaming. But since this is legit scientific impacting your brain and the neuropathways and and all the things that it does to us physiologically, we really are being targeted. Everybody's being targeted because there's money in it. And it's, it's everywhere in a way, I call it, I called it kind of invisible in my speech or, or blending in gambling because it's just part of the day-to-day, which we, I think we talked about in the first or second episode, the extreme that it's just in there every day-to-day. Now, a person that isn't working with someone on a gambling podcast isn't going to pay any mind to those commercials in that sense. They're going to be like, oh, that's annoying. Or they're going to download the apps if they're intrigued. And they're not even going to know that, you know, downloading this app and then turns into or potentially turns into playing that more and more. And all of a sudden you're isolating and you're doing nothing but screen time and you're getting your dopamine hits by whether or not you win or lose on this game. And, I'm not saying this from a place of judgment, but I have family members that they play something there. It must be a slot machine game. They like try to keep it a little secret from me, which is cute. You know, they're being respectful and mindful and you have to go back like every hour. Oh, I'm lying. They do. They did used to do the slot machine thing or whatever that was. Now they do a solitaire game. So it's a card game, but you still have to check in every hour to get your coins or your whatever. And even the game we were playing last night, I guess if you play it, you you could do that too. You know, if you go back every hour to retrieve your prize, right? You got to claim your free tokens or your free card. And I know I'm going off on so many tangents this morning, but a lot of things happened, (laughs) I guess, in the last 12 hours. So there think about that they're they're training you to turn on your device or to check into their arena once an hour to collect a bonus or once a day to collect a bonus hmm that kind of reminds me a lot of the casino mailings that used to be in my mailbox and they would do a month at a time And they would show you all the different events and all the different freebies for you. You know, it's free cash night this night. We're going to yell out names and call the lucky people. And they'd build up things so you'd try to be there all weekend because you think you're going to win the one big grand prize, even though you're losing the value of that grand prize and the amount of hours you sit there waiting to play by their rules. But they keep you coming back. 
they keep you coming back. I, I guess before I go, I just want you to think about that and see if you can look through a different lens about all this stuff that's going on and how, how it's almost like we don't have a fighting chance, really. It's like us against the world because the world thinks gambling's okay, and I'm being dramatic, but it, it really is. It's almost like, okay, well, we can make this, you know, kids fundraisers at school and commercial breaks on our IT and and recreational this and, you know, I go back to the McDonald's and the Dunkin' Donuts and the car dealerships who send you the scratch off for this percent off or even Southwest, you know, they'll offer you a discount on points every once in a while and it's almost like a slot machine kind of thing. And that isn't the right term, but it's like it could be either a two or three or a four time multiplier. They do that at my job with our promotional card. Every couple months or so, you have a chance, me as an employee, to either double, triple or quadruple the value of the discount I get. So it's just built into the world. <sighs> Okay, so <laughs> my little army of beautiful people, we're going to change the world on this and we're going to get people thinking about it different because I think about the person who's on the edge, just like I had been on the edge of, you know, I wanted to buy cigarettes all week and I had all those talks and I didn't buy cigarettes, but I did again buy more cigars and it's because the voices in my head worked. Now, I will tell you that I did not play out the, you know, this can make me sicker with Corona, the chemicals, blah, blah, blah. There was a whole lot of things I could have built into it, but instead I had my little I want what I want mode on. And and this is, oh, wow. And this is another thing I struggle with. So I want what I want, and I believe in giving myself what I want, sometimes not when I want and sometimes to not to the magnitude but I'm pretty good about making sure that I have this balance between maybe the stuff that isn't so much fun and then the responsible stuff or the right things to do. And I did not play out that scenario of all the bad things about buying the cigars. You know, whether it was the $10 or the breathing with the Corona or the, you know, being inconsistent because I'll never quit quit completely unless I get off the patches and I won't get off the patches if I keep, you know, smoking anything with nicotine in it or even the vaping. Like I really don't want to be a vapor forever. So I'm really good at forgiving myself if I do cheat and buy um, cigars or if I if I'm vaping or whatever. And I struggle with that, too. Like, what is that balance of you know, forgiving yourself when you do mess up and, you know, moving forward with your goals, does that guilt overwhelm us to where we can't keep moving forward? Does playing out the story, and that was really where I was going with this, if we played out our gambling story, so guilt is like a bad feeling, right? So if I'm feeling guilty about smoking, I already feel bad. So why don't I just go buy another pack today because I already feel guilty and I already, you know, after 10 days of not having any cigars or cigarettes, um, 
I put one in my mouth. Now I broke my streak. Right. Doesn't it sound just like a, a relapse and, and justifying going back to the casino after we lose or win? You know, I, I could talk myself into that all day long. And I think by dialing in to some of the subliminal things that are out there in our everyday life, maybe it helps us build those walls and play out the story to the end if we did go back to betting, smoking, drinking, whatever. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening this morning. I hope that maybe some of this made sense to you. I was a little all over the board. I think the key takeaway from today is that you have to remember to make your recovery a priority because without recovery and without self-care and taking care of yourself and, and working towards doing the next right thing, you have nothing else. Everything else will disappear. Your job, your house, your life, your wife, your dog, you know, all that stuff just goes away when you're not doing the right things. Could go away. I'll work on my, my verbs, but it's scary. It's scary. Anyway, maybe look up a game you can play, set up a party, a virtual party like we had last night. Enjoy your Saturday. 